0: I don't know if you heard, but half the year is over. We are now in the back half of 2023. I cannot believe it. I thought we should Either. take an assessment of where we are, talk about inflation, talk about the economy, recession, odds, the Fed, whatever you want to talk about. When you look at the second half and what we've just been through, what has surprised you and what do you see in front of us?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think we have been talking about this for probably a year and three quarters at this point, right? Probably The yeah. this slow moving train that has been from transitory inflation to sticky inflation just starting to you know come down a little bit. So um, it has surprised me quite how long this has taken for us to get to the point that we are and for the Fed still to be talking about rate hikes. So, mm. you know, I think about this time last year, I would have expected that, you know, within a year, maybe we'd have a hold of inflation. Mm. Um, but more and more evidence has shown us that there's there's parts of the economy where inflation is going to remain sticky, such as in wage inflation energy inflation you know, due to deglobalization and things coming back on shore. And both of those things will, will I believe, result in longer, higher inflation than a 2% normal over a long period of time. So I do tend to think that while inflation's coming down quite a bit, um, a lot of areas of the economy are very deflationary right now, but we still have very strong wages and we still have high, you know, low unemployment at this point. And so those two things, are really what the fed was hoping to take a bigger hit to bring inflation down more quickly and the economy's proven to be pretty resilient in the job market so i think that we're probably in for at a high level another one or two rate hikes another half a point probably and then i think the fed you know really really pauses unless they break something and they pivot. So we're kind of more of the same of where we were a quarter ago. I just mm-hmm. think that the numbers that are coming out make it the higher probability that the Fed raises rates than the last time that we talked about this.
0: Yeah, you know, it's very interesting cuz I put out an opinion which I won't change because I I want to be held to it is I don't I think this is all theater. I think Jerome Powell is doing his best to talk tough. Uh, yes. I think we're going to get a shockingly low CPI reading next week, and they're going to pause in July. I don't think there's another rate hike out there. Although I will tell you with the numbers that have been coming out the last week, I feel less good about that. And oh, by the <laughs> way, let's not forget the market says 87% chance of a rate hike. So I'm definitely on a very small island. Uh, with yes, you are. Other people. You are. And okay. I love when we I, disagree
1: sometimes, right? Yeah. Because the reality is that there are so many different numbers that could go kind of either way. And I will say this although Powell has been talking tough and been more and more hawkish, um, you know, the pause didn't come as any real surprise because they said, you know, rate hikes are going to take at least a year to trickle through the economy. And so We're about a year in, and it's like, we got to see where things go. And a, a pause, a longer pause wouldn't shock me, but I will say that the majority, when you look at the press release that came out after the last rate hike, the majority of the FOMC think they need to raise rates by another half a point. And so I think because of that, I don't see them, I don't see any data that's shifted so much from last month that makes them say, oh, we don't need to do that anymore when the majority of, of the Fed governors who have a vote um, actually think that we need more. So it's mm-hmm. definitely interesting times. I think that they do raise rates in July. I, if I had to bet, I would raise that they do, but I don't think they go more than about a quarter a point um, mm-hmm. because they know, again, they're not just looking at data points for today. They're looking at longer term. Do we think inflation is going to be stickier? And I have been surprised Michael that they have not come back and changed their 2% as the norm and healthy I mm-hmm. thought with looking out in the future and looking at kind of where the the long term the longer term global secular trends are for deglobalization and demographic decreases resulting in higher wages I thought that at this point they might say you know may not be realistic going forward in the future because of these things. So if we can get closer to 3%, but keep GDP above that, we would be happy with that too. I'm just shocked that nobody has talked about that and that they really think that 2% is their target. We're a long way from 2%. And so the only way that they can get us there quickly I think is to continue to raise rates and to try to prevent the fallout of a banking crisis and a commercial real estate, you know, loan crisis. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing some things which we can talk about here in a minute that make me think they're trying to continue to raise rates and then backstop all these other things so that they can really get inflation down to 2% more quickly.
0: Yeah. There's a couple of things I want to highlight here. I think if they do raise, and again, I think the odds are clearly saying it's coming This is what I actually think. So if they don't raise, I think they can pause for a year. I believe if they raise once and heaven forbid twice, they break something and they cut much, much sooner. I believe those are the two paths that we are on. Don't do it again. Pause for a year. Let all this stuff work out because we're kind of making it work. Now we can limp through this, but if they take it up on their half a point, it will break something sooner and Powell will cut sooner. That's kind of the trade. I
1: agree with you. I agree with you there. I, I do. I think that's the big risk. You know, if they break the banking system, they're going to choose to save the banking system and keep inflation a little bit higher versus the other way around. But what's interesting, and and I saw this. I think we talked about this on the show. It's probably been about two months ago. I don't remember the date, but I saw a a um, briefing on the tre- of the U.S. Treasury, and they basically came out and said we need an emergency meeting of the Treasury and the Fed to get to together and to determine how we look at the risks to commercial real estate loan defaults and that trickle-down effect into the banking system. So it happened mm-hmm. after the you know fall of SVB and the other um, banks. so they said, hey we know that commercial real estate's the next shoe to drop and if that those loans have to be written down, these mm-hmm. banks could really start to, to struggle more so than they are now. So they were talking about it. Well, they just released an article, I think it was Friday, um, and I haven't read the entire press release, but I read the highlights. And basically, the Fed and the Treasury are coming out to banks and to agencies and saying, we need you and highly encourage you and we'll support you in working that. out commercial real estate loans. And And for bo- borrowers that are good borrowers, we don't want you to let them default, despite the fact of you know what these rate hikes are doing mm-hmm. to potential values. And so um I think that that's really important for us to realize is they're trying to put these things in place to say we want to keep raising and we want to stop the harm to the banking system.
0: Yeah, I read the article. I shared it on the Daily Financial News. Basically, it's a version of extend and pretend. They've identified a segment and said, "Yeah, here are here are some new rules that we highly encourage you to do short-term workouts," was the term that they used. So again, I think that's there. One more thing on inflation, and we'll get we'll get on to some other topics. I actually think inflation's about to roll over hard. Again, we'll talk about CPI headline and CPI core. We could do any of the other ones you want, but that's that's what that's up next. CPI's next week. So I think CPI headline hits 2.9 next week. So it goes from four to two nine. I think there's a chance in the September reading. So this will be three readings from today. Uh, we have headline at two and a half. Because what happens in August is not only do we have Uh, automobiles, which are already rolling over, you'll finally have shelter and their 12-month lagging craziness show up in the August number. So I think headline could be two and a half. Now, what about core? Core today is higher than headline, which is unusual. What is the biggest part of core? Shelter. What's the next? Automobiles. I think there's a very good chance that uh, core is call it mid threes, maybe, you know, three, four by September, much different than, you know, five or whatever it was last time. So I, you know, Bank of America just put out a report that they, they're like, hey, guys, wake up. The math says that inflation is about to fall like a stone. And I don't think enough people are looking at it because it's just mathematically in the formula. Shelter rose over in August. The July reading, which is oh, eight days away, we had the largest base effect falling off if the entire 12 month series so i think i think inflation is going to shock people with how the numbers that are printed
1: yeah i think in the short term it's definitely going to start coming down and and another thing that i've we've talked about on the show as well is the yield curve inversion it's just gotten steeper and steeper and so the first time that it really inverted um, was July of 2022, and so it's just been exactly a year, and the average recessions have been about 15 months from that yield curve inversion, which gets us to about October. So you and I've both been saying we think we're hitting recessionary, official recession, you know, by that third quarter. Um, there's been a lot of markers, as we've talked about on this show, that, we've, that are already recessionary. So the 10 key markers that the NBER looks at to declare a recession, eight of the 10 have been recessionary for almost a year. You so- see. Year, it's just yeah. those last two things you know wages and unemployment that are not recessionary um but they may still go ahead and declare a recession anyway because lots of other areas of of the country are really starting to show more deflationary indicators that are below the recession line other than those two things. And, and I think that that's just going to continue to get worse. So as, yeah. as growth starts to slow, as you start to have these more recessionary pressures in manufacturing, um, employment, hours worked, things like that, you start to see people taking on you know two and three jobs now in order to make ends meet. I think that that starts to pull inflation down as consumers really start to feel um, the effects of some of these deflationary measures. And that starts to bring, you know, inflation down a bit. So I, I think that we're getting closer to being done. The question is, does the Fed raise another half a point before they wait? Um, how bad and how deep is the recession um, still, you know, is to to be determined. And that'll determine, you know, where things go from here.
0: Yeah. And then the last thing we probably should talk about is real estate and we'll talk residential. Uh, Active listings, available stuff for sale, not there. Existing home sales, not coming. We're now entering the slow half of the year. Uh, Builders are crushing it up 12 or 15%, I forget, month on month. Uh, What do you think is going on in residential? Because it's a very odd market.
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, residential and commercial are such different animals right now. Right? It's, it's part parts of residential in, in certain areas are struggling, but I'm surprised you asked what surprised me. I really am surprised that we haven't haven't seen more pressure in the single family home space in terms of values. You know, we we knew that there because of 80 percent or more owners having really low interest rates, people don't have to sell and a lack of supply keeps housing prices up even when demand is waning. Wait- so we knew that, but I am surprised how long the, the single-family space has been pretty resilient. We're really only seeing pressures in areas of the country where people are already leaving anyway um, and and migrating for you know, lower taxes, lower cost of living, better jobs, et cetera. And the second home market is just starting to kind of feel some of those pressures as well. Um, but But it's been surprising to me just how resilient our housing market has been um and and even with that home gauge within cpi although it is coming down in some areas there's still rent increases positive rent cr- increases in lots of areas of the country and so that could keep you know cost of homes still higher than what maybe some people expect in the cpi numbers yeah
0: it's a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about this every week. Again, folks, if you would love to see a real estate event co-hosted by Anna REI Mom, and One Rental at a Time, let us know below. We do a week or 10-day cruise, maybe Caribbean, maybe Alaska, who knows. But let us know if you'd come just so we have a rough number and see what see what's what. Anna, where can people find you? Great. You can find me here every
1: week on my website, reimom.com for coaching and consulting, and on my social media at Anna Kelly, REI Mom.
0: Thank you so much.